This is episode 44 of African in American with your girl, Six the Goddess. And keep in mind, I'm a goddess and I'm sensitive about my shift. I'm doing well, family. I hope you all are doing amazing. I'm grateful for life. Uh, I'm grateful for health. Uh, My family is doing well. And I hope you all are doing the same. Um, I'm going to go ahead and get right into this week. Um, Now, this past Sunday, May 17th, was St. Patrick's Day. I was floored at how many black people are still, like, putting their green on and, like, getting turned up and going to the Irish pub and actually celebrating this. Like, sometimes I'm just like, bruh, like, we so know better by now. Like, why are we still doing this? Like, I feel like a, I want to say it like a, like a teenager stomping their feet, like, why do we have to keep doing this? Like, on. That's how I really feel. But um, we're going to just get some education behind this. Because it's one thing to say we shouldn't celebrate it. And it's another thing to give reasons behind. So I'm going to give a brief synopsis of what St. Patrick's Day really is. Now, there are a few things that are unclear. Because there are several different versions of this story. I'm going to give you what we know as facts. Um, Certain things cannot be 100% specified because I think it's important in our journey of intelligence to be able to say when we don't know something for sure. Um, It doesn't make you any less intelligent. It doesn't make this any less correct. Uh, It's just simply saying that a few specifications... Um, at the end of the day, will not be fully known because none of us were there. But we're going to give what we know that are the facts, the pure facts. Now, St. Patrick's real name was not Patrick, nor was he Irish. Uh, he was actually um, a Roman British, and his real name was Maywin Sakat. Okay. Now, he was sanctioned by the Pope around 432 A.D., to go into Ireland to wipe out um, a group there that was resisting Catholicism. They were resisting the Catholic Church. Now, when St. Patrick and his military team got there, uh, they were surprised to find that the Druids, which who they were looking for, were not alone. Uh, That the Twa people were there. Now, the Twa people is where they dubbed them to be leprechauns because the Twa people were an African group that had migrated to Ireland um, thousands of years prior. When I say thousands of years, uh, I want to say about 10,000 years prior. Um, They migrated there, and of course, uh, in ancient African cultures, Um, it was never necessarily anything religious. It was always spirituality. So he runs into the Twa people, the average Twa person, the tallest Twa would reach maybe four foot 11. Um, they were very small. So that's where the concept of a leprechaun and being magical is that they were performing, you know, their African spirituality, they were healing, they were manufacturers. So they get there and they, look at them as something um, demonic. So they dub them to be, that's where the concept of leprechauns came through. And so basically what St. Patrick did was he killed everyone. 
his own the, his own whites there was lots of white on white crime going on that's why i hate when white people are like oh you black people can't say anything about what we do to you or what police do to you because look how y'all kill each other shut up i can pull up a hundred accounts right now of how y'all kill each other back then and still to this day y'all kill your parents you know what i'm saying yeah i, I got mad for a second because it just it, it makes me cringe so they literally wiped out white people as well, their own, and they wiped out the Twa. They then proceeded to go in there. They set up three to four hundred Catholic churches and mission accomplished. And you know what white people do when a fellow white person kills as many people as possible? You know what they do? They give them a holiday and they dub them a saint. They praise them to this day. They still praise it. That's how white people measure their power. Who is the most savage? Who is the most vicious? And if you're super vicious and you can wipe out an entire landmass, then we will celebrate you even thousands and thousands of years later. And so when you as a black person participate in these rituals or traditions, holidays, whatever you want to call it, it's all the same thing. You are literally giving honor and giving thanks to the murder and genocide of some of the most ancient of your ancestors. You're, you're saying, hooray! You committed genocide against my great, 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 great grandparents. Thank you so much. And you give it your energy and you give it your power. And then I talk about this a lot. Then you got to remember this life that we're in is a small journey. There is a time where you will have to face these people and you will have to face these energies again. And 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 it's just it's just dishonor. Uh, and it's very I imagine it to be very hurtful. I would be extremely hurt if my descendants were celebrating my murder. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't think that we put our put our minds in that in that in that uh in that mind frame that how would you feel if it was you and then you see your descendants going around clapping and drinking and happy that you know you got wiped out now this is why I say that when it comes to having conversations with white people about our history liberation this is the number one reason why I do not advise black people to do that um I know you all have heard the saying, I only debate my equals, everyone else I teach. It is almost impossible to have conversations about stuff like this with white people because, and this is, this is major, I think this is something that we don't talk about enough, majority of white people have been 100% lied to generation after generation about who they are contrary to popular belief black people are not the only ones that have had our true history hidden from us okay we are not alone in that fight caucasian people also have had their history hidden from them now the reasons why our histories were hidden are for two different reasons our history has been hidden from us because it is empowering their history has been hidden from them because it is embarrassing okay 
two major differences same thing different reasons so nine times out of ten when you are attempting to debate or converse with somebody white about anything about racism uh, about historical genocide about how things got to be the way they are now nine times out of ten you are arguing with pure ignorance and denial because if you let white people tell the story about St. Patrick, and, and this is why I say the mental illness amongst them is so real. How can you have cold hard facts of how something really went down and you are so sick in the head that you will, you'll say, well, I, I know about all that, but this is the story that I want and this is the story I'm sticking to. Like it floors me. It just floors me. Because if you let white people tell it, they will they will put it in ink as facts that St. Patrick was a missionary. <laughs> and he and I, I'm not making this up. I'm I this I'm trying to say it without laughing, but it's really hard to say this like with a straight face. White people have been told that St. Patrick was a missionary and that he went into Ireland to rid the land of deadly snakes and that he saved Ireland from these man-eating snakes and he opened a bunch of churches to help people get closer to God and that's why he's commemorated I shit you not that is what white people have been told some other lies that white people have been told is you have white people where their parents and their grandparents are telling them your ancestors are not murderers and genocide. Actually, and, and I swear to God, I swear to God, this is the type of shit they're taught. They've been taught that the Vikings were the first ones in America. And we are not wrong for killing the Native Americans and killing the indigenous black Americans because we were here first technically and they took the land from us and I swear to God on my dead mother these are the kind of lies they are told they are told that they uh, endured the worst types of slavery and we talked about this in a previous episode Um, and, and when they do that they're totally disregarding that Uh, That was not necessarily slavery in the way it was for Africans in the transatlantic slave trade. When Africans in the trans and white slavery, it was more so that you're poor, which nine times out of ten, you were born poor. So in exchange for a place to stay and food, you have to work for me. And then white people take that and say, we were slaves too. And once again, their tactic is... Is to throw is to fake oppress themselves to justify their people oppressing ours. So the issue is not that they say that this necessarily did not happen. They'll say, oh, well, slavery happened, but white people were slaves too. Well, maybe we did wipe out the Native Americans, but we were here first. That's the way that they get around it. And As with any lie, if you say it to others and yourself long enough, even you will start to believe it. So you have these white people that have been told this BS for years, and now they truly believe this crap. In in their minds, this really happened. Nana wouldn't lie to me. Nana told me. 
Like that is their mindset. So, you know, if if they have not taken the steps to, which it would take years to unlearn everything they learned, okay, and to learn things in a true way, to for for white people to in one breath say, well, I don't know why these black people get so mad about slavery and this, that, and a third. It wasn't me that had slaves. Yet you protect the slave owners. Yet when when I call them a cracker ass cracker, you're like, well, you don't gotta call them that. You see what I'm saying? They they stay on cold no matter what. So it's like the only way for you to have a serious conversation with them is for them to. Let go of trying to stay on their little code, which is not to throw each other under the bus to us, to black people. They would have to completely be ready to disown and disregard their own ancestors. And it would take them years to unlearn and relearn the truth. That's why when I see black people going back and forth with them, I'm like, baby, if you only knew what it would really take for them to truly get it, because if they have to admit that themselves and their ancestors are the most disgusting, the most violent, and they have lied, cheated, and stolen their way through life since the beginning, guess what that means? Then you have to also admit that reparations are in order. Then you have to also give up your white privilege. Then you have to also get treated the way black people get treated. Or they have to get treated the way you get treated. Either way, it means them making a sacrifice. Okay, it's it's deeper than white people are nice to me. It's It's deeper than that. It's about lying about facts if you can lie about something that is a fact you are mentally ill that's why i say that white supremacy is a 100 a mental illness of delusion okay so they'll say like like going back to what we were saying earlier they'll say oh well we were slaves too when that wasn't slavery Okay, because the difference between their slavery and slavery from the Africans is, number one, it was completely, uh, it was involuntary. These white people, when they got signed up for a servitude like that, they knew exactly what they were getting themselves into. They knew exactly what it was. When Africans were captured from Africa, and I shouldn't say captured, I would say misled to be told, oh, we have this land that we want to develop, and, you know, can you send... Do you have people you want to send to to help work the land and we'll share the profits with you? And that's when Africans sent prisoners of war with them, not knowing that these people would be raped, mutilated, have their names, languages, spirituality ripped from them. They had no idea they'd be ripped from their families, have their children taken away. It was unknown. So that's why it just makes my skin crawl when I see white people attempting to justify their wrongdoings with putting themselves in our situation when nothing that has gone on between the two of us is related. And the fact that majority of white people refuse to accept and acknowledge that shows you something. It shows you two things. It shows you the true meaning of loyalty, where they are loyal to these their ancestors that they never even met. They are loyal to their people, period. Okay, so they have that loyalty that no matter what, they refuse to throw them under the bus. That is a lesson that we could take because they're loyal to their disgusting, genocide committing, bigot, 
ancestors and then we cannot even be just as loyal to our ancestors that went through what they went through so that we would not have to. Okay, and it also shows you a second thing. It also shows you how disgusting these people are. It goes to show you the fact that so many of them can sit there and produce lie after lie to their own children and pass it down year after year in order to keep from having to say sorry, in order to keep from having to give reparations, in order to keep from having to level that playing field tells you how they are. Okay, I can always tell black people that um, sit and engage in cracker logic because they'll say things like, get over it. If you don't like it, go back to Africa. And, and the minute I see niggas say shit like that, I'm like, oh, yeah, you want them black people that sit and converse with white people as though these people are really going to sit and throw their own people under the bus just to reason with you and to make you feel better. That's just not the way it works. Um, so I, I, I wanted to have this conversation because I feel like we don't give enough credit to how powerful it is for us to participate in these rituals. Okay. So let's, let's, I I feel like each year on St. Patty's day and this St. Patty's day is one of several holidays that we need to stop participating in and that we have a false narrative of what these holidays are really about. I, I feel like year after year, it does get, it like decreases slightly, but I have a dream. And I have a dream that these niggas will stop participating in this cracker shit and have some kind of pride in themselves and some kind of loyalty to their ancestors to leave that cracker shit alone. Free at last, free at last. God Almighty, we're free to last. <laughs> now, in a perfect world, all women would be able to focus on their children first. Being a mother would come before anything else. Um, they would all be protected. Um, they would all be provided for. Um, No women would want for anything. Uh, The children would have constant support. That's the perfect world. Um, Now, we all know that life comes at us fast. Things don't always go the way that we want them to go. Things don't always go the way we think they should go. So there comes a point where, you know, you have sisters that say, listen, I want to be feminine. Um... I want to be a loving, nurturing mother. I want to be a supportive mother. But, you know, maybe you had children in a relationship. The relationship didn't work out. Maybe you were married. You're divorced now. So many things can happen. And I think that it's important for us to be able to come up with alternatives and come up with compromises so that if and when, you know, life does change or situations change, we're still able to maintain that balance and we're still able to be complete. Um, So I'm going to share with you uh, what I do with my schedule and then we'll discuss some other options on how women can balance 
working and providing with still being, you know, supportive and loving mothers and caring for their families. So, um, for those of you that don't know, I'm a barber, uh, and I have now everyone's career paths are different. Um, not everybody can necessarily control their work schedule. And I understand that. Um, but I'm just gonna, like I said, first, I will share kind of my schedule and how I balance things out. And, and then we'll discuss, you know, what your options are if you're not able to make your own schedule. Now with me being a barber, I'm able to make my own schedule. I'm able to, you know, work the days I want to work and not work the days where I'm not able to. That helps me out a lot. Um, that way, if my child does have activities or something like that to do, I can, I'm able to kind of move my schedule around him as opposed to moving him around my schedule as to keep him the priority. Um, so what I've done is I have, uh, condensed my work week into only four days. So I, I only work four days a week. Um, and then I have three days a week off. Um, now I've decided to go to work because we're going to be trying for a baby later this year in the winter. And I know that once I'm pregnant, I'm not going to be standing up all day, you know, barbering. So I'm trying to stack as much bread as I can right now so that once I get pregnant, you know, we have money saved up and, and I can just kind of focus on my other business ventures. Uh, but it won't really be a matter of leaving the home. Um, so yeah, so, uh, now I recommend where if you have small children under the age of two, um, I recommend, trying to find something that's maybe like work from home uh because when they're that small putting them in you know daycare and child care facilities can be risky um, because they're not necessarily old enough to be able to detect danger or issues um, and they're not necessarily at the age where they're able to fully communicate to you you know, what's happened to them or what's going on with them. So I would say definitely try our best to make conscious decisions, you know, when having children to kind of plan for, you know, how you can stay with your children until they get a little bit older. Once they get a little older, uh, it gets easier. But those those beginning years can really make or break a child. So I would say that mothers would need to try their best to stay home or find uh, you know, income that they can make while having the freedom to still care for their, their small child. Now, my son is 10 years old. He's older. Um, so me going to work is not necessarily an issue because half of the time he's at school and then he has his own activities going on and he ain't thinking about me anyway. So, <laughs> you know, this was a good time for me to work while the option is available because if y'all don't know when kids get around 10 years old you know they're feeling themselves they're trying to kind of figure out who they are um you know they start developing their own interests their own personality traits so that's the age where it's kind of like I don't want to be up under mommy all the time like they still love mommy you know mommy's still the hero but they definitely begin to want to you know venture out on their own so I'm like okay this is a great time for me to be working you know while I can um so 
Now, my four, I work the four days a week. And what I do is in the morning, um, you know, just talk to your children, uh, kind of prepare them mentally for their day. Um, give them breakfast if you can, even if it's just cereal and milk. You know, it's just that nurturing of sending them off with a meal. Um, you can pray with your children. You can put uh, offerings on your ancestor altar with your children before they go to school. That way, you know, you're you're sending them off with that positive energy. So um, I normally work pretty late on my on my days where I do work because I, I extend my hours so that I'm able to have you know, those three days off. So I would say if, if there's a way for you to condense your work week into less days, I'm telling you, it makes such a difference having a third day off as opposed to just the standard two. You wouldn't think that that one more day makes a difference, but it does. Because the other thing that we have to realize is it's very important to have a self-care day. Um, It's very important to have a day of the week where you, you know, get your nails done or get your hair done or take a nap or meditate, wash your hair, get a pedicure. Like it's so important to have that. So when you do three days off, you can have your days, you know, for your children and take care of your family. And then it gives you time to also have your own days of, um, of self care. Um, so now on on my on my uh, off days is when I will plan some type of family activity where myself, my fiance and my son, um, sometimes I let my son, you know, bring some of his friends with him and we do some kind of activity. And it doesn't always have to be something where you're spending money. Sometimes it could just be a simple walk in the park. Uh, it can be a bike ride. Um you know, it can be a family game night. We love family game nights. Like we get a game and, you know, we order pizza and, you know, get a good movie and we, we have game night going. And then you're building memories with your children. You're present with your children. When you do have those off day sisters, it's not the time to go run the streets. It's the time to really do activities with your kids, not just, you know, doing housework and putting them in front of the TV all day. No, I mean, like, actually planning activities weekly to do with your children. Um, I think it's also very important to be honest with your children. Uh, When I was a single mother, um, I was never that single mother that told my son, like, Oh, we don't need nobody. You know, we're good. We got everything we need. I was very honest with him that his father was not present. I was always very honest with him that mommy was raising him on her own and that this is not the way it's supposed to be. Um, I was very honest with him and letting him know that, you know, mommy definitely needs to have a husband and, you know, it's not normal for a woman to raise a child by herself. You don't want to make the children feel upset by, oh, your daddy's not here and we're screwed. But you definitely do want to be honest with them that there's a missing parent. So they understand that because you don't want to normalize 
single motherhood to children because that's how the cycle of single mothers happens um, is it becomes something that's not a big deal to you um, you get kind of desensitized to the idea of raising a child on your own um, and I think that can be very dangerous so I always made sure to not make him feel bad about his father not being present but also being honest with him uh, that that this is not the way it's supposed to go that way it was never normalized to him uh that way when me and my fiance started dating um elijah he wasn't upset about it he was he was happy about it because he understood okay mommy is definitely supposed to have a husband you know so he it was never um you know the jealousy issue he was very happy from day one Uh, He loved my fiance from day one. Um, He clicked, you know, children are very good judges of of character and spirit. Um, And I think that he could feel the kind of person that my fiance was or my fiance is. And he was able to be calm and he was able to be at peace, you know, and be supportive and and uh, and and uh, in favor of our relationship. Um. So yes, sisters, the other thing to remember as we're just talking about is, you know, if you are a single mother, you know, you're a single mother, you work a lot. I understand that. But sisters, you still have to make time to actively date. Okay. Um, You know, you got to remember it's about more than just you. Okay. For you to be your best self and your best woman, it requires you to have a masculine balance. It requires you to have that masculine counterpart. You will be surprised at the the levels that you will reach as a woman when you don't have to worry about protecting yourself. You will be surprised the woman that you are when your need uh, your survival instincts um, don't have to be uh, initiated. What when you do have that masculine protection, and you know that you have someone you know to protect you and look out for you, you're able to just be a woman. Um, you're able to take off your cape. Uh, you're able to to relax. Uh, you're able to be feminine. Uh, you're able to have peace and peace of mind. So I think it's important, sisters, when you're balancing your femininity with the workplace and with your children. Do not forget, make time to date. And you'll know the men. And and also, if you're going to take time away from work, away from your children, away from your household to date, just make sure you know that it's a brother that actually wants to commit, you know, that actually wants to get married. That way you're not wasting your time. Because I think a lot of sisters get discouraged in dating because they feel like, uh, you know, I'm just meeting these brothers that are wasting my time. Be very open and honest about what you want. Okay, don't play no games. Men know, they they know um, more than we give them credit, but they know. They know what women they can finesse. They know what women that they can take advantage of. Um, So stay feminine, but also stay firm. You know, let him know that you are definitely, you know, in favor. Not You don't necessarily want to say you're looking for a committed relationship, um, but you want to let him know, like, you know, you're not here for anything casual. That way, if that is what he was seeking, he knows not to waste his time 
you know, you spared your own time from getting wasted by dating someone that where it's not going to get you anywhere, but some dick and dinner for a few months and then never talking again. Um, And I think that will help you build a a positive attitude about dating because a big part of dating is your attitude. It's not necessarily you know, what you show on the outside, because to be honest, people can look like anything. People can put on a a front for anything, but that spirit, that attitude, um, that's something that you can't fake, those vibes. So if you go into your dating situation like, all right, let's see what this nigga got to say. I'm sure he ain't shit. I'm just going to go just to see how... Men will feel that and you're not tricking them and they will disregard you. They will see that your attitude is bad and um, honestly, quality men ain't dealing with no bad attitude. Uh, I think that for black men in particular, um, they're kind of doubted by the world. Like the world doubts them. Like the life of a black man is pretty much having to move in a way where he has to prove so to speak that he's not a threat or that he's not a murderer or that he's not a thief or that he's not a drug dealer so if he feels uh, if he feels that from you uh, it will repel him if he feels like you also are kind of waiting for him to mess up if he feels like you're kind of waiting for him to fall into the stereotypes that you're expecting. Um, a man, if, if you do that to him, he's never going to look at you as a wife. Um, he may, you know, play around with you to hopefully get in your pants, but that's it. So your attitude has to be positive uh, because black men simply deal with things that most other men do not have to deal with. Most other men, you know, they can just be themselves. They can just live their life. They don't have to worry about like not dying and not looking like something negative. They can just be who they are. And that's what people take it as. Black men have this constant battle of having to prove themselves so be mindful of that sisters and go into your dating with a positive relationship um I've seen sisters that say oh I black men don't like me because of this and black men don't like me because of that and 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 when I hear sisters say that I'm like so every black man you interviewed every black man in the world and they all said that Because if that's not the case, then pretty much you're generalizing. And nine times, brothers out here, um, I think the issue of colorism in our community is something that is getting better. Um, Now, I see it's very common that brothers are are saying that they want a woman that's heavily melanated and that they like that sexy brown skin. So, you know, there's some women that'll say, oh, well, I I don't want to date black men because... They're not marrying and, you know, they're not well-traveled or they're not cultured. And what I say is, as opposed to saying, oh, uh, I don't like these black men because they don't never go nowhere. They're not well-traveled. A positive attitude would say, I look forward to my black man and I traveling together. Um, you could say, I... I, I would like a brother that travels. 
If he does not travel, I look forward to us building memories of seeing new places with each other. That's how you create a positive attitude. And I'm telling you, sisters, that's how you get a black man to commit. Black men want to commit to a woman that believes in him. Because the reality is, his woman, besides his mama, hopefully if he had a good mom, will be the only person in the world that relates to him. (laughs) So, you know, and not that even relates to him, but I meant to say that believes in him. Um, So keep that attitude positive, sisters. I cannot... I cannot stress that enough. I think a lot of sisters downplay uh, the importance of that or they feel as though that means that they're catering to a man's ego in some way. And um, I always suggest that single sisters get counseling and guidance from sisters who are married. Um, And that's something that I was doing through my courtship and that I'm still doing. Now, I don't recommend telling people like your specific business, but when it comes to general practices of what makes a good wife, um, conflict resolution, Um, communication tips, I strongly recommend reaching out to a sister that has a good, healthy marriage that you know in real life, you know, not, not someone who can be putting on a facade, but, you know, reaching out to a sister that you know is a good wife in real life and asking her for assistance. Um, And that's what I did. And it it definitely worked out well for me because I, I understand now in my life more than ever to not take advice from someone who does not have what you need advising on. Um, It's not good to take advice on how to get money from somebody broke. It's not a good idea to take relationship advice from someone who is not happily married. Okay, because talking about it and giving advice on it and living it is two separate things. Okay, so find a sister that you can trust who is about that wife life in real life and pick her brain, ask her to guide you, ask her uh, for advice uh, because sisters do not get complacent in your singleness. Uh, Do not get complacent in your single motherhood. Um, Part of being a good mother is going to be actively being open to a mate, not necessarily looking for a man uh, because when you look for something, you don't find it, but being open and being positive about it um, is very important. So granted, the reality is that if you are providing full-time, will you be able to be a full-time dedicated mother? Maybe not. However, you can come very close to it. And then you can always also keep yourself open to finding a partner so that you're not in you know the realm of being a single mother anymore sisters it's possible um I don't want sisters that work to feel like oh because I work I'm a horrible mom or because I work I'm not feminine that's not what it is at all sisters um you know but we do have to prioritize our time uh when dealing with our children especially with young black boys uh it's very important to speak sweet to your sons um there's a lot of black men that grow up and do not date black women because their mama, you know, fussed at them all the time and yelled at them all the time. And so the first white girl that come along that talked to him nice, he head over heels because he's never had a woman talk to him like that. 
Um, So a part of feminine mothering is that responsibility that the way your son looks at you is nine times out of 10, the way that he will look at black women in general when he grows up. Okay, so that's the best advice I can give to working single mothers that want to be feminine. Now, if you're a working mother and you're not single, then I would definitely say, that you need to make sure you're distributing help and support with your husband. Um, You know, I I don't think it should be such an extreme like the husband's only job is to go to work and bring home a paycheck. Um, I think it's okay to say, well, hey, babe, you know, if you cover this, that will free me up, you know, to be here or be there for the kids. Don't be afraid. Do not bear the weight of your whole household on your shoulders, lady. Don't, ladies, don't be afraid to reach out to your husbands and say, hey, honey, in order for me to be better, you know, in order for me to care for our children, could you do, let's say every Wednesday, can you do this? Or, you know, twice a week, can you make dinner or something like that? You know, just so you're not wearing yourself thin. Because remember, ladies, if you are not at 100%, you cannot give 100%. If you yourself are not at 100%, then you're only giving a piece of yourself to your children. You're only giving a piece of yourself to your husbands. Um, you know, and either go hard or go home. Like if, if you're not gonna give it your all, then what's the point? So don't be afraid to pour into yourself. My family knows. Because uh, my thing, I like, I like to go get my nails done. I enjoy it. It's relaxing to me. Um, I like when my nails are a nice, pretty color when I'm done. So my family knows, okay, mommy's going to go get her nails done. Leave her alone. Okay. They know not to call me. They know not to bother me. I let them know in advance (laughs) when I uh, make my nail appointment so that they already know, okay, mommy's blocked off for that day. Do not be afraid to take care of you, sisters. You know, I, I've been in those shoes. I know how it is. You're so caught up in working and so caught up in surviving that you feel like, well, I, I don't have time for no man. I don't have time for dating. But once you look at it as having that man and having that partner is what enables you to be a better mother, then you're more prone to make time for it and to, to make it a priority. Um. So I wanted to talk about this on this uh, on this uh, this week's episode because I had a sister reach out and she was like, I just need I just need more information on how to mother and how to be feminine, but still work. And I'm like, you know what? That is a good topic to discuss because, like I said, in our perfect world, we wouldn't have to worry about that. But this world is far from perfect. So it's like, okay, well. You know, what do I do if that's not my situation? And I thought that was a very great uh, topic for us to discuss. So, you know, once again, I'm just kind of sharing what I do. And it's been working out very well for my family, you know. And then I'm able to help my fiancé with his business because, he, you know, he has a catering business. And so most of the time on the weekends is when he has gigs. So I kind of, you know, set your schedule up around your family. Don't set your family up around your schedule, okay? See what they need and when they need it first, and then work your schedule around them, ladies. Find that balance, because you can be feminine and be a go-getter. You can be feminine and be a provider. Um, 
And then, like I said, if you don't remember anything else from this segment, you can be feminine and do both. But you also need to actively date and actively make time to get to know someone so that you can have a spouse at some point. And that's it for this week, everybody. Um, I want to thank you for listening. I'm so grateful. Um, I'm so grateful for the listeners. I'm so grateful for the subscribers. I love doing this show. I I think we've accomplished so much so far. Um, And uh, at the end of the day, you know, if you're talking but no one's listening, you're not making no noise. So, you know, the fact that I'm listened to and supported. I really appreciate you all listening. Um, Keep these uh, topics coming. Because like I said, if there's something where it's like, hmm, I want to talk about this, don't be afraid. You know, shoot me a DM. Follow me on Instagram at guys6foota, G-O-D-D-I-S underscore S-I-X-F-O-O-T-A-H. And say, be like, hey, six of guys, what do you think about this? Let's talk about this. Um, don't be afraid to call in. Don't be afraid to email me, sixthegoddess at yahoo.com, uh, with different show ideas. Uh, if you haven't checked out my website, sixthegoddess.com, please do so uh, and shop with me. I'm the plug for men's grooming. I'm the plug for women's makeup, jewelry pieces, uh, with new things being added to the site at all times. Um, so again, thank you for the support. And uh, as always... Peace, love, and black power.